Major labels in the music industry are responsible for a lot of the biggest hits we all listen to, but they aren't the only avenue for success. Just ask our guest this week, Bianca Atterbury, better known by her artist name, Blush. Bianca was signed with a major and has worked with tons of superstars, including Megan Trainer, Macy Gray, Chris Brown, and more. But when she felt she wasn't getting the help she needed, she shifted gears and signed as a writer with Disney, whose music division is a bit more boutique than the larger publishers. She's never looked back. Bianca joins us to talk about her experience navigating contracts, sessions, and how ultimately she found the opportunity to do what she wants to do on this episode of The Big Break. I was born in Meridian, Mississippi in 1988, and um, my mom's in the military, so um, she ended up getting getting stationed in New Jersey when I was three, and we moved there, and from there, when I was eight, she got stationed in Pittsburgh, and that's where I grew up majority of my life until I was 19. And then, um, I mean, music has like always been in my life. My mom was a music director and she was always the choir director. So I was always singing and um, I've been singing since I could talk literally. You know, when we moved to Pittsburgh, she put me in a performing arts high school and I got accepted and I did that for four years. So I did a lot of like opera and Italian and singing in different languages and traveling and vocal lessons so when I was 19, I decided I wanted to move to Atlanta. So I uh, hopped in my car and uh, me and my mom drove to Atlanta and dropped me off at my uncle's. <laughs> and I lived with him for a little bit while I was like figuring it out. I started working in Atlanta. I met my mentor, Pierre Medor. He's an amazing vocal producer, producer, writer, and he really um, helps me grow as a songwriter, he really um, taught me how to record properly, how to be in time, how to show emotion and sing with passion and really sell the song and really write conversational lyrics. And really, you know, he, he taught me a lot. So you had, you had kind of like a classical musical education. Yeah. And then you moved to Atlanta and, and got more of the, the real world uh, training. Yeah, from- but like career side of it like I didn't really know songwriting was a career until I moved to Atlanta and people were like songwriting for a job I'm like what I didn't even know I thought artists just wrote their own songs but Hmm. they don't not all of them some do when you would just move to Atlanta and you uh you said you were figuring it out what did figuring out into um staying with friends uh hotels (laughs) (laughs) just trying to figure out what how to move, how, like, what, like, how do you start this career thing? How do I maneuver? Like, who do I work with? Where, it, where are the people that I need to be working with? Do, like, who are they? Like trying to even figure out the industry and like how it works, who's important, what's important, where I, where you need to be, what you need to learn. Like, it's very, it's a lot. 
and it's a process and it's mm-hmm. over time that you get all these skills and all this know-how. But in the beginning, you're just kind of like winging it. You're like doing whatever, just like working, 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 working just to work. And then that helps too, you know? Right. And you got to figure it out. It's not, it's not like a yeah, regular industry where you just apply. Some people, some people get blessed with meeting, you know, Timbaland at, at a studio or like just like happening to be in the same hometown and like meeting somebody and getting on like that. And then people have to go room to room to like everybody gets in differently. So there's no real strategy to it. It's just going where your heart is taking you and where your gut is telling you to go. And when you do that, then you get where you need to be. I mean, however long it takes. It took me 11 years to get in some of the rooms I'm in now. I've put in 10,000 hours and I'm only in my 31, you know, like (laughs) it's like, yeah, it's a Mm -hmm. hustle. It's a, it's a journey, you know? Yeah. It seems like it'd be hard to be a, an introvert in the music industry. No, it's not. It's, It's absolutely, it's absolutely common everyone's an introvert. We're all weird. We're all like, uh, socially awkward. We all do not know how to socialize outside of these scenarios a lot of the time, because this is all the interaction, human interaction that we get. So it's very, I'm very introverted when I'm at home, I'm at home, but you know, as a creative, because that is your passion. When you're in those environments, you are out of, of the, you know, you're an extrovert. You can socialize, you can, cause you're having a moment. Right. But outside of that, yes, we are all introverts. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So once you once you started to get into these uh, these rooms and forming these relationships with people in Atlanta, when you're still kind of figuring out and you're you're getting your feet underneath you, what did you uh, end up doing? Um, we start getting sessions, and I work with him a lot. He had relationships because he had done Omarion, Marcus. He had been working for a while. He was part of like Corner Boys with uh, Rico Love. So you know they had a lot of cuts. So. He had relationships and we got, I got placements. I got Tanisha Kelly was my first placement. And then um, Jessica Mayboy, some Sony Australia, but you know, you start getting placements and start working with different people. And then I ended up working with an artist who, you know, the mixtape we did got her a deal and she was on a reality show. So, you know, that worked out. And opened a lot of doors, you know, because mm-hmm. I did the majority of the, the songs on the album. So it was just a segue. It's like working here, working here, being at the right place at the right time. You know, people talking about your work, people referring you, you know, getting your hours in with independence, learning, the, you know, how to be in sessions. There's a lot that happens in that process. What do you think uh, Pierre saw in you when he kind of took you under his wing and into his uh, uh, kind of as being your mentor? I mean, I was bold. I reached out on MySpace. Like, I was just oh, yeah. like, you know, that's what how we connected before I even moved there. I reached out on MySpace and I told him I looked up to him and I loved his work. And, you know, he was like, when you get here, let me know. And mm-hmm. we connected. And I think he just saw the, the p- potential because he had worked with so many dope people and he saw the potential in me. Then he really like helped me fight for it. He didn't like, you know, give up. You get on this album with K Michelle and, and you get, uh, you know, a, a 
good portion of, of uh, cuts there. What happens after that? I was ready to go. I was like, yeah. I want to do country. I want to do pop. <laughs> I want to do more stuff. Like I've done this. That's really like, I do everything. I grew up listening to pink TLC, Shania Twain, no doubt. Uh, good Charlotte, uh, Leanne rhymes, jewel. You know what I mean? Like I'm all over the place. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to create more types of music. So I moved to LA, got my Sony deal. I got my first publishing deal. And then I was like, I'm moving to LA, sold everything in the house in Atlanta, put the car on one of those, like, you know, you ship it over, takes like a week and then got on the plane. So what was that like getting your, the Sony deal? It was amazing. I mean, you don't really know publishing. You're like, what? I've never, it's a deal. You know, it's it's a deal. Like now I'm signing a deal. Like that sounds amazing, you know, but it was a lot of expectation that wasn't realistic because it's still a hustle and there's a lot of promises people are going to, you know, make, but ultimately it's all about your hustle and your work ethic and your relationships because they don't have to do anything for you. It's literally a loan and people need money. Creatives Mm -hmm. need, we need money to survive and it's very hard to survive doing both a regular job and this is just impossible. You need to be able to put in as many hours as you can. You need to be able to be called on the spot. You need to be available because, you know, it's your time. Yeah. So it was amazing in the moment because I felt accomplished. I, mm-hmm. I It's a deal. No one in my family has ever signed a deal. Yeah, it's definitely validating, right? Yeah, it's very validating. It's very like, okay, cool. I'm on the right path someone's willing to invest in me, then I must be worth it. It's interesting that you say it that way too. It's like that someone's willing to invest in you because it is. I mean, that's what the, uh, that's the bet that the publisher is making is that. Yeah. That's how they, yeah. That's how they think you're an investment, you know, and you have to hold up your end of the bargain. Sometimes we forget that it's like, you do have requirements for this money that we are giving you. It is a loan. It is not a grant. But you learn that over time. You, you'll you learn that. It would be nice to know that beforehand when you don't have the knowledge and you don't you come from just like you don't really know. You don't know you're getting screwed over until it's over. And then you've already signed it. So you have to live with it. Now you have to. Now that makes you learn what you signed. That's what I learned. I'll never not know what I'm signing again. Yeah. And that's not on them. It's on me because I want this. So I need to know what I need to know. I need the knowledge. I need to be wise. And it's hard, it's hard to come by that knowledge before, like you say, it's uh, you've been through it once. Yeah. I think it's important, but everybody doesn't see it that way, but I do. So I spread it. If I see somebody making a wrong move, I'll help them as much as I know, as much as I can. I don't know everything. I know enough. Yeah. I don't think anyone knows everything in the music industry. Yeah. It it keeps changing. Everything, Mm -hmm. the rules keep changing. Things keep happening that are different nobody saw all these streaming and all this stuff coming so move to la you want to try some different stuff because in in atlanta you were writing uh mostly what kind of music urban just like urban r&b hooks right i mean atlanta is a great music town but it's very set in that uh that way there's not a lot of latitude right so you come to la and you did you kind of find uh, some new avenues to explore doing that Well, yeah, I I started working with different types of producers, you know, getting in with bigger names, 
bigger projects. And I did the second album and I executive produced it. So and that was like the biggest album. So that opened doors as well. And I started to travel to write and went to Copenhagen. And then I got out of my Sony deal. And then that's when I got my first pop song, the Megan Trainer. Which one's that? Uh, Friends. Okay. And so I uh, ended up signing to Disney after I got out of Sony. It was like six months later. And that's the only publisher I wanted to sign to. Why, why that distinction? Well, at the time, I just felt like Sony was Warner. Warner was Universal. You know, it was all the same to me. Disney had minimal writers. They had like 15 writers. Very boutique. Very, um, I mean, it's Disney. To me, that's just like massive. Yeah. The brand is massive. There's many opportunities for different, you know, movies and shows and being a part of different, you know, brands that I've never had access to. I mean, they have ABC, they have ESPN, they have so many, they own so much stuff, Marvel. So, you know. Yeah. And if they don't have a whole lot of writers, there's tons of opportunity to uh, yeah. to get into that kind of stuff. That's interesting. So, and, you know, they really listened to my music. They really weren't on their phone. They weren't sending emails. Like, they really listened. And they were interested immediately. So, it was good. And now I've grown and want something more. That was great. Yeah. It just doesn't stop. There's so much to do. Yeah, and you've you've been in the industry probably for uh, what, close years? to a, eleven years. Yeah, so a little mm-hmm. over a decade. So, I mean, you've definitely seen it change and and uh, go from from the days of like two thousand nine and ten, and now we're here in like like you say the streaming age. So, like, what I don't know, what other what other things are you trying to explore uh, as far as I mean, you got different genres, like you said, you got a pop hit. So, what's uh, what's coming up next? My artistry. Oh yeah. Hmm. I'm working, I finished my EP and it's very beautiful. It's very sonically pleasing. And it's not just because it's mine. I just was like, it was a very effortless project to put together. And it touches a lot of people. It's more about the reaction of other people that I feel like is important. And I feel like right now it's very open for people to find their tribe and everybody doesn't have to be the biggest star in the world. You could just be the biggest influence in someone's life. And I think that's what songwriters are starting to realize that I don't have to be, it can be whatever it needs to be. As long as you allow me to be in my artistry and, you know, share my story and it be okay. A lot of songwriters are doing their thing now because we can do it too. It's a 50, 50 chance. There's a 50-50 chance a huge star could put out a song that nobody likes and it doesn't work. And then nobody and nobody that came from nowhere could put something out that touches the world. Do you think that's easier for for songwriters to kind of make that step into becoming the, you know, their own artist uh, nowadays than it was say 5 years ago? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz we don't need the label, we don't need anybody's approval. We don't need the labels anymore. You let the world decide. The people are choosing who they want. 
Cardi is a people's champ. You get what I'm saying? Like she's the people's. They chose her. Yeah. Because they love who right. she is. You know, people chose Adele. She's nothing like what a superstar would they would say a superstar looks or sounds like. But we chose her because we saw us. You get what I'm saying? Like, hmm. yeah, it's different. They choose you and you can be chosen by your tribe on your platform. You know, you don't need anybody. There's people on Spotify who have 34 million uh, plays and I have never heard of them. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, I come across those every oh single God. day that, you know, people that have 2 million monthly listeners and, and it's like, where, who are these 2 million people? <laughs> you get um, what I'm saying? Like, you can't tell me I don't have a place just cause it's not the place. I don't know. My place is my place. So I'm putting it out. It's going to be received and I'm excited. Plus, I mean, plus now you probably have all these, um, these contacts and a, and a yeah. reputation in the industry and you've I been in LA for so much support, so much love, so much admiration and I'm good. As a growing artist or songwriter, keeping royalties coming in is important for keeping the bills paid. It's also important to keep an eye on those royalty payments. A lot of people we worked with here at Royalty Exchange were having a tough time making sense of the royalties that were getting paid. So we built a free tool called Know Your Worth that automatically analyzes every royalty payment made on your music. It breaks it all down in an easy to understand analysis with some insights that would be impossible to find elsewhere. Plus, it connects you with the thousands of investors on Royalty Exchange and allows them to make you offers on your music. So far, musicians have raised over a million dollars for new projects, new ventures, and a whole lot of other things just through the Know Your Worth app. If you're earning royalties, you should be keeping track of them, and Know Your Worth makes it easy. It only takes about three minutes to connect an account, and the tool will automatically update over time. Just visit worth.royaltyexchange.com or find the link in the show notes to get started. Now, let's get back to the interview. Talk about more about the the decision to sign with Disney and how a lot of people or a lot of songwriters, a lot of producers who uh, get into the industry and they they kind of have this goal of signing up with uh, with Sony or Warner or one of these big names, but maybe that's not always the best decision because um, as you said with Disney, it's like you had uh, you know you could take a more targeted approach with your music. They had more opportunities for you and they can kind of spend more time with you. Could you talk more about that and like, you know, what, what your thought process was when you were looking at different uh, publishers? Well, when I had signed to Sony, you know, I expected, I had a lot of expectations that were unrealistic because I didn't really understand, you know, what a publisher does. A lot of people think it's like management and like a, you know, representative or like a, you know, agent, but they're not, they're, they're, they're more of a bank. And once you get that understanding, unless you have a core relationship with somebody at the publishing company, like you have a go-to person or you and your point person have a, 
a really good relationship and a lot of communication, you don't get what you think you're going to get. And my thing was Sony has like 2000 writers, you know, they have a lot of writers. They have a huge catalog and they didn't have the manpower to sustain feasible relationships Mm -hmm. with everybody. You know, so, you know, 2000 writers, 20 people on staff is like, it's unrealistic, you know, unless you're like pushing out number ones or you're like in the, you know, unless you're like popping per se, they didn't give you attention. And, um, I needed help. I needed guidance. I needed understanding. I needed, uh, leadership and I didn't get that there. I was kind of on my own. So I had to learn how to do it for myself. And so, you know, signing to Disney, I put in my head the next publisher that I was going to sign to was going to be a smaller mm-hmm. company because I didn't want to be lost in the sauce. I didn't want to be a number. I didn't want to be a callback. Hey, we'll, we'll call you back after we finish all this stuff that these people are doing amazing things. <laughs> we'll call you back after we handle them, you yeah. know? And, um, when I signed to Disney, I had already like done a lot, you know, gotten the Megan trainer placement and I was moving more over to the pop side. I was doing more pop sessions and I was creating more pop music. So when I went to Disney, I had the catalog, I had the songs I could play them that interested them in me. You know, at that time they only had 15 writers and that appealed to me because, you know, that means that I, I, I would get more attention and more, um, more work and more understanding yeah. and also under the impression that it's, you know, it's Disney. So it's like, well, this is amazing. I'm a part of this huge, massive company, which is amazing. And, you know, I'll get to experience different types of music for like TV shows and campaigns and Disneyland and Disney world. And, you know, songs that only play in those places. And, you know, there was a lot of different opportunity. Definitely. So I just think it's important to know that if you don't have a guy or a girl in your corner at these publishing companies, then you're not going to get what you think you're going to get. You know, if you expect a manager or somebody out campaigning for you, I mean, they're going to definitely, you know, if you're hot or you're doing your thing or you're working and you're out here and your name's out here, they're, they're definitely going to ride the wave. I mean, labels do it. Publishers do it. That's just a part of the game. But if you're not working while you're on that wave, then, you know, it's still up to you, basically, is, you know. It's an interesting comparison that you, you have with calling the publisher kind of a bank as opposed to a manager or something like that. Yeah. Think of it as a loan. It's a loan. Like you got to pay it back eventually, you know, and you're, it's a contract. So contractually, it doesn't say that they're going to do those things for you. It only contractually says what you owe them back and what the deal is on this money that we're about to give you. Yeah. It doesn't say that we're going to change your life. That's not in the contract. It doesn't say we're going to put you in with the hottest artist. It doesn't say that. So you have to be mindful of that. You are what you sign. You're going to get what you agree to get. So, you know, remember that. And it's, it's, it's a melting pot of songwriters. If you're not, you know, delivering, then to them, it's not a good, you haven't held up on your part of the deal. Yeah. And that's really how you have to look at it. Cause you could, you could, you could be like, well, I did sign this and you guys haven't 
helped me and you got, and that's not what it's about. Like you signed a contract. This is what your deal says. And if it does not say that we're going to change your life, put you in with the biggest artists and help you with your finances, help you budget, that's not in the contract. It doesn't say if you spend this 300,000 in six months, we got you. (laughs) It does not say that. Right. So, you know, just be mindful. You have to understand what you're signing. Yeah. Yeah, they get in a lot of hot water if they if they said we got you after six months on this. On this yeah, deal. you know what I mean. But if you deliver, if you if you deliver on your contract, then I mean, and deliver is very loaded. You know, for Disney, delivering is song lyrics, um, split sheets, audio, signed split sheets, agreed. Everybody involved in the song that's a delivered song. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like some people don't know that either. That's in the contract. You know, you have to deliver these songs. They have to be able to, you know, register these songs, use these songs. Everybody has to be accounted for. Um, I did. These are all things I learned along the way that a lot of people don't know. Your song is not delivered if all the contracts aren't in and it's not licensed, regardless of if it's out or not. What other things have you picked up along the way that either you didn't know before or other people might not know now i got executive producer credit and then get executive producer points because i didn't know that executive producers got points you know i was just happy to be like doing all this amazing work on this project and you know i'm an executive producer and it's like i didn't handle the business because i didn't know better Mm -hmm. and nobody was trying to tell me everybody's not going to want to help you everybody's not going to care what you don't know so I didn't know that I was entitled to that for the work that I was doing. So I got credit, but I didn't get points. And sometimes that works out, but for the artists that I was working for, it it wasn't in my favor not to get the points because the name wasn't going to. Yeah. There wasn't a trade off. You know what I mean? It wasn't going to do anything more for me than I would rather have had the points. Right. Yeah. Generate some income as opposed to, you know, build your reputation by, by having your name tied to this person. Yeah. By having my name attached to that. Cause that wasn't, that didn't, that didn't take me where I I am now. That, that was a stepping stone for sure. And I'm grateful for like being able to experience and be a part, you know, do learn these things and make those mistakes early on. And, you know, at a higher level, but, um, yeah. yeah. Well, that makes sense. I you, I mean, it's interesting for a songwriter to to be in that position where um, you have to make the the decision of do I want to earn money on this or do I want to earn reputation? And you know, early on in your career, I'm sure it's 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 a tough tough thing to do, especially if you don't have much of a name. It's hard to be a bulldog and say. Well, and I learned that too, though. It it is okay because the thing is, the way you come in, you can. It's okay. You have to be humble. Be humble, but do not be foolish. Because that was foolish of me to get the credit and not get the points. In any scenario, I don't care who it's for. I think a lot of the times we're writers are meant to believe that we only have so much leverage because I don't know. But we have all the leverage. We wrote the entire song. Nobody's going to remember the beat. Everybody remembers the lyrics and the melody. If you're like, oh, you remember that song? No one's like, boom, boom, tint, tint, tint. no one does that. <laughs> Everybody, <laughs> everybody's like, you know that song that's like, da, 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 da. you get what I'm saying? Like, we're the we're important. We're the most important, if anything. 
And I've learned along the way that I've cut my nose off a lot of the times being afraid to lose an opportunity or to upset uh, somebody who's getting a salary. One, these people who are telling you how much you're worth are getting a salary. We're working off of commission and, and hope. Okay. So it's like, you need to tell people what you're worth. Do not allow people to tell you what you're worth. You're entitled. If that if they want that song, you're entitled to get what you need to survive and to sustain your life and your family's life and your dream. You're, it's okay to charge people. Don't don't come in a game being like, I charge ten thousand a suck because you haven't worked there, but you deserve something. You deserve something. I don't yeah. care if this is your first placement. If somebody wants that song, you're entitled to be able to have something to show for it. And I used to think that I wasn't entitled to that and that I shouldn't, I shouldn't ask for that. Cause you know, it might, that, that, you know, they might not, they got a budget for everything else. They got a budget for you. Right. Yeah. It's important that young, young artists know that too. And it's, it's like you say, I'm sure everyone starts off thinking like, you know, I don't deserve anything or you got to know what you're worth. Yeah. You have to know what you're worth. And you have to understand that a lot of these people, they're getting salaries and they could also lose their job. They could not be in that position next week. Yeah. That's how the the industry works. Things change. Positions always change. People grow out of positions. People lose positions. Other people come in. People's life, you know, things happen in the offices. One thing that doesn't change is your ta- what you're doing and what you're contributing. I will always be able to contribute what I contribute to a song. They won't always be in that position, though. Right. Yeah. So don't be afraid to ask for what you you want because you at the end of the day <clears throat> you're the you're the constant in every single one of these situations. Yeah, I think that's a uh, you're you're right on with all that. Now that you've kind of moved into more of the the pop scene and and starting to work on stuff uh, like the Megan Trainer song and etc. Has your like day to day changed? Like what you what you work on every day? Uh, you know the people you talk to, the people you're you're working with, uh, has that changed for you at all? Or is it kind of the same? Um, it's definitely changed. <clears throat> also the amount of sessions that I do and the amount of people that I work with, I've kind of been through the system and worked with a lot of almost everybody that I've wanted to work with, not every single person, but you get what I'm saying. I've been in a lot of rooms. So now it's more of like, okay, I want to work on this project. I don't feel the need to work on everything. A lot of the things that come to me are for me and fit me. You know, you have to do a lot of the shuffling through and people understanding what rooms you work in and what rooms. That takes years of people getting to know who you are as a songwriter. I'm at that point now where people don't even call me for certain things. You know, it's just like, <laughs> Blush is not going to do that. Or Blush would be great at that. And... I'm at that point in my career now to where that's it's changed in that way. Mm. Um, it's, it's very um, filtered. Do you think it's just time that, you know, time and experience that gets you to that point? Because I mean, obviously that's like, that's fantastic. If people aren't going to be wasting your time with stuff, that's not going to be good because you're not good for it. Um, do you think yeah. it's just, just time and, and, you know, waiting for that to happen or is there anything else that you can speed that up? It's time, it's growth. It's, it's, you know, there, there, to me, there's different types, there's different types of songwriters. You have legacy writers 
writers you could, that'll be writing for the rest of their lives because they, they're timeless and they're chameleons. They can be in any room, write on any artist. You know, you have their Diane's, your James Fauntleroy's, you have your, you know, uh, dreams, you have your Sean Garrett's, you have, your, you know, there's yeah. legacy writers who will always be songwriters, babyface. You know what I mean? Like he's still, there's so many. And then you have your, your, your trendy writers, you know, writers who can come in and have their moment. You know, I feel like T-Pain was one of those writers. Like he's amazing, but it was one of those like trendy times, you know, those people pop up and they have their like moment and it's like a vibe. We're in this vibe right now. So this is really vibey and really cool, Mm -hmm. you know, but it's not, a forever thing. Hmm. So it's like, you know, I think once you f- people figure out what they really need you for, they'll put you in place. Interesting that breakdown because there are, you know, there are waves of, of people that uh, if you look through the last couple of dec- decades, there's three or four years where there's, you know, you see the same three writers on like everything, everything big that comes out. And then, you know, where they, where those people go. And then they disappear. Cause we're over it. You know what I mean? You've drowned yourself out. You've been on everything. You've been everywhere. You've been hyped up to the, you've been put on a pedestal and then now it's over. Yeah. Hmm. The next one comes and it's like, oh, well, this is hotter than that. And we're over here. But it's like Adele is, you know, the, the, the legacy songs, the songs that we really care about and feel and um, take, take to heart. A lot of the stuff is just in our heads, but the songs that are in our hearts, those are the ones that, will be singing forever Mm. that will be playing forever it's different yeah we know the difference you know everybody's having a good time right now but people are also really still buying into pain and real shit can i cuss on here oh yeah this is an explicit podcast oh damn (laughs) thank you i didn't even know i've been holding back i'm like shit i don't know who's gonna be listening (laughs) no you just have to mark it with explicit and and it's all good (laughs) amazing Um, well, I know, I know we talked a little bit more about uh, what, or earlier we talked a little bit about this, but what are you, uh, you know, what are you working on for the next, next year, next two years? What do you got going on? Um, I've, I, I'm working on a couple things I can't talk about right now because I had to sign <laughs> not to talk about it, but it's amazing. I'm fucking excited. Like I'm mm-hmm. getting great work and just like things that I've always wanted to do opportunities I've always wanted. And then also my project is just, I'm excited as hell about my project. It's such a beautiful project, not because it's mine, but just because it's just the way that it affects other people when they hear it. And just like me having that freedom and being able to be creative in my own words, in my own way is amazing. And Mm -hmm. all the artists that I'm working with, I'm very excited about because it's like new artists and artists that I've always wanted to work with. And I'm, you know, in a position that I've prayed for and waited for and grew for and fought for. So it's like, I'm excited. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I have all this knowledge that I just want to give to everybody, you know? Yeah. When you get excited about stuff like that, do you find yourself working more or working harder or trying to get, you know, keep it, keep the ball rolling? Or, um, is that kind of how you, uh, you keep your, oh, always. I'm yeah. always working. I'm working on Thanksgiving. I'm working, you know what I mean? Like I, I, you know, when it makes sense, it gets done. Hmm. 
You know, I'm doing like, I still do independent stuff. I still do like commercial stuff. I still do background choir stuff. You know what I mean? Like I do everything. I still want to learn about everything. Yeah. So I'm never not, I don't do anything I'm not excited about. That's good. I think, uh, you know, I think when you're first starting off, you kind of have to do some stuff that maybe you're not excited about. But once you get to, to a point where, where you are currently, it's yeah, like, you know, you can you don't know choose. Who you are. Yeah. You get to the point, once you figure out, uh, you have to figure out what rooms work for you and what rooms don't. You have to figure out what production works for you and what type of producer works for you. And, you know, you have to, it's a, it's a, it's a muscle. I can walk in a room and do a song in 30 minutes now. I've always been fast. I haven't always been that fast, but like, it's a muscle. I've just grown to like, be able to like, understand what, what rooms I'm in and how to control the room and how to be the songwriter that I am so that I, I can deliver what I do mm-hmm. in any scenario, but that's a muscle, you know, it took years and it's confidence. It's, it's like, once you know who you are, then you're confident in that shit. When you walk in the room, can't nobody tell you shit. I know what I'm doing. Uh, it must be a nice feeling to be able to walk into a room and, and, you know, have people know that you're, you know what you're doing and, you know, not to, not to be like in need of help. Yeah. And then also like I, the way that I get introduced into the room, I already know that people respect me before I walk in the room because I've been able to just, you get what I'm saying? Like, it's like if somebody, if you walk in the room, so I was like, yeah, my homie's about to pull up. They're amazing. They're this or that. They've done this. They're like family to me. They're the, it's like, you're going to respect that person a lot more when you meet them. Yeah. And that's important too. be respond. The energy you bring to the room, your, what people think about you. Not, not that I really give a fuck what people think about me, but I would like for people to really like me and it be on some real shit. Not on some, like, like me because I need you. People can see through that, you know, energetically you get what you give. All the sleaze balls hang out with each other. It's like high school. The jocks hang out with each other. The cool kids, the like, the, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a high school cafeteria. That's what the music industry is. <laughs> I've never heard it. I've never heard that comparison. But you just I, have to figure out what table you're at. I'm sure you're right about it. <laughs> it um, is. Yeah. It really is. You know, you just have to figure out who you're sitting with. Right. Well, uh, I'm glad you got some exciting stuff coming up. Um, is there anything else you wanted to, to mention? Have you had any advice for, you know, people starting out in the industry and uh, maybe back in, in your shoes or few years ago when you didn't really know anything and um, anything to, to close on? I just think it's important for whoever, if you want to get in this business, I know there's no college course. Even if you go to like a music school or whatever, there's no course for this shit. And it, and there's no, there's no book for this shit. So it's like, if you want to be a part of this, you need to be in this. You need to be mentored. You need to find somebody who you can trust and you need to know who you are. If you don't know who you are, you know, you're going to be thrown all over the place. It took me a minute to find out. I'm not saying you're going to figure it out overnight, but the thing is make that your ultimate goal, who you are, who you are as a songwriter, what you represent, what you want to represent. What's your goal? Are you a legacy writer? or Do you want to be a trendy writer? And that's okay. If you want to be both, both of them could be legendary. It's just all about what you want. And if you don't know what you want, then 
it's going to be a crazy road. At least know the, the business, know about the deals, ask people what kind of deals they ask questions and don't be afraid to look stupid. Cause I wish I looked stupid a long time ago <laughs> and asked the right, right questions. Yeah. You know what I mean? Don't be afraid of anybody except God or whoever you answer to. None of these people know shit until they know shit. Nobody knows shit. We still, I don't know shit. No, but I'm still learning. I'm still a student. I don't, the, the person teaching me shit don't know shit. Cause they still got to learn shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? So don't, you know, don't get caught up in the hype. Don't get caught up in the status. Cause status changes. People can be on top of the world today and, and the most hated person in the world tomorrow. Don't get so caught up in who everybody is. Get caught up in how people make you feel and, and energetically what people bring to you. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to check out Bianca's social media pages linked in the show notes to keep up with her upcoming projects. If you know someone who would enjoy Bianca's story, share this episode with them. Be sure to tune in next week for a brand new episode. Until then, take care.